So here we are again. Boy, this place is packed today, eh? That's good, it's good growth. Um, I wrote down a few things. It's, I, I love coming to Cornerstone um, because when you, wherever I go, I go to invest um, because that's about putting down roots, eh? And, and that investment pays off. So I stay with places that I feel called to invest there. Um, I was, I'm not blowing my own horn, but I've been invited to 70 churches this week and um, I turned them all down because that's, there's a lot of godly things that we can do, but if it's not what God or where God wants you to be, then it's pointless. So I'm, I feel invested here and I feel um, privileged to be here with you guys. I love uh, the pastors here and the leaders here and the people that I've met along the way. So good on you. It's good to be here. I feel like I'm at home. I've, I really want to take my shoes off and pull my pants up because I'm really hot in here. It's quite hot. And I knew I should have worn shorts, but I'm in South Island. It's cold. But, um, but anyhow, I've written down a few things. And the first thing I've put here is um, I'm not the best speaker by a long shot. That's, you'll see what I mean. I am not the best speaker. I hear so many people that speak and it's like poetry, they just sound beautiful, and it rolls off their tongue. And I just think, man, I wish I was like them, but I don't anymore. I'm glad I'm me. God's made us all individually special. And um, I'm not the best speaker, but I wrote down, but I will get the job done. Because it's about getting the job done. It's not all the fancy stuff and the flash stuff and all the, all, all the greatness that comes with these great speakers. They're just as broken as me, believe me. But I'll get the job done. And why? Because I have a love and a passion to serve God. And I want to honour him. And it's not easy for me to stand here today. Because I'm not qualified at all. I'm, I'm just a man that's available. And I turn up. And when I turn up, God turns up with me. Because I serve him and I love him. And, and I've come here to impact your lives. To inspire you, to excite you, to get you moving. That's what my job is. And the other thing is to help teach people. I teach churches how to love people that were rejected, that aren't, well, I guess different, just like me. I was a reject of the community, and I teach churches how to love them. Because ultimately, it's about love. Christ is all about love. So that's my job. Yeah. The funny thing is, I also bought this too. I, um, I, I prepared this message at five o'clock this morning. And um, I've been away from home 12 days and I've preached every day since I've been away from home. And um, I've had one day off, uh, and I ended up going to a conference with Jay and, and Pastor Lyndon. Ended up at a conference anyway, a church thing. And, you know, it was supposed to be my day off. But I've preached every day, 12 days. I get home tonight, and um, I'm really looking forward to being home. See my wife and see my cat. Um, my wife and my cat are two things I miss deeply. I know it sounds weird, I, I feel weird saying it, that I'm a cat lover. A crazy cat lover, but I really love my cat. And look at the state of me, for goodness sake. I'm supposed to love pit bulls and stuff like that, but I don't. I love my cat, and my cat's called Lady, just, just in case you were wondering. Um, but, you know, uh, you know, preparing that message this morning, I've been, the Lord's been giving me different things all week, and I've just been writing down different stuff, but I've been too busy because I had to get everything done first and get things into order before I could start writing it. And last night I wanted to rest. So last night I rested and I thought, right, I'll start praying at one o'clock and at five o'clock I'll start writing this message. So I read it. So I haven't practiced it, so you're kind of like the crash test dummies, to be honest. And like I said, I, I got this every word from the Lord, so if you don't like it, you can blame him. I'm just the messenger. 
but I know that this is going to reach most of you here. You know, when I turn up, I'm sitting there, I'm twitching, I'm like this, and I just want the worship to stop, I just want to get started. When I finished writing this message today, I just wanted to start, but I mean, it was 5.30, 6 o'clock in the morning, and you know, I get excited because I get pumped up. I mean, I just want to get the job done. I sit there feeling like a box, I just want, want to come out of the corner, and I'm ready to go, and, and let's get this on. So we're going to get it on. Passion. I'm talking about passion. And um, can I have that picture up, please? Passion. Passion is a powerful thing, and I'm going to tell you why. Passion means strongly and barely controllable emotion. I'm just trying to tone myself down so I don't speak too fast, so I don't spit all over this microphone and spit all over the front, because I'm so passionate about God. I'm on fire for God, and I really want you to get this. It's important. There's no lukewarm. We've got to be on fire. We actually have to be on fire for God, and we have to move for God, boldly and with courage. That's passion. People can't do that unless they're passionate about it. doesn't happen. That's also me. That's passion. Strongly and barely controllable emotion. That's what passion means. That's what the Bible dictionary says. Is this you? Strongly and barely controllable. Passionately on fire for Jesus. Is that you? This is a question for you all. Is that you? Do those that are around you see you burning Jesus? Burning for Jesus. People around me, they know I'm on fire for Jesus. They know I'm burning for Jesus. I'm all about Jesus. I'm a Jesus freak. I used to call you all Jesus freaks before I saved. I realised some of you weren't freakish. You were just going through the motions. But I'm a Jesus freak. Burning. Do they see that burning in you? See, you're the greatest witness to those that aren't saved. It's you. And Pastor Sam Monk, was it, where we were at? He said, if you're not convinced how good God is, how are you ever going to convince anybody else? That was a great thing. Yeah. But sadly, I meet so many that are barely smouldering. They're barely smouldering for Jesus. They had a fire, and it's starting to die off. It's no good to anybody. It's starting to die off their fire. Might be just smouldering or might have gone out. I meet heaps of them, tons of them. And it's sad. Why is this happening, you ask yourself? I hear so many say that, that they aren't on fire anymore, like they used to be. They've lost their spark. Then they get down on themselves because it weighs heavy on themselves because they know that. They get down on themselves and and they play directly into the hands of the accuser. That's what happens. You you start losing your fire and it starts dwindling away and dwindling away and dwindling away until it's just about all gone. It's just smouldering. You walk through those doors like it's a real job. You sit down and think, well, somebody better inspire me. It's you. The issue's you. And then you get down on yourselves and that plays directly into the hand of the accuser. And I see four main reasons the fire dies. The first one is people get offended. They get offended. So we walk away from church and we pull back and we slow down going. And eventually we end up stop going. 
And other ones that I met, they say, you know, I used to be, I'm a Christian, but I don't go to church. But what happens is, the other thing is, is some people focus on the world too much. Focus on the world, politics, COVID, financial, or generally just the lust of the world. But the scripture says to be in the world, but not of the world. You know that? They get over-invested in the world. I meet people all the time, over-invested in the world. Instead of being totally invested in God. Basically, there's no room left because they've swapped their investment from God to the world. And then there's those that get comfortable. They walk through those doors and they're on fire and then they get comfortable and this is nice. And I wrote down this, this is good, I'm saved. This is a lovely church with nice people. How wonderful. And then they just sit there and they're waiting for something to happen for them. Your fire will go out. Comfort is a relationship killer. It's actually, bottom line, it's actually just being lazy. That's what comfort is. And they stop serving. That's the other one. People stop serving. Whether they're serving the church, serving their community, serving somewhere, they stop serving. Because it's the servant's heart. And they stop serving. Or they've never served, and they want everybody else to do it. Things will change. This will get you a fire, bring back your fire, or get you excited and ignited. This is what it'll do. These are the things. If we're really committed to doing God's work, boy, it's uplifting and awe-inspiring, motivating, igniting, when we see breakthrough and fruit from our labour, from our efforts. When you see people break through in life, when they not saved and become saved, or whatever it is, you see them, things start changing in their lives. Like these meetings that we do that we've talked about, Kingdom, Brotherhood and Sisterhood. I see people's lives transform and I see people's lives change. And man, it gets me going. I cannot stay the same. I cannot stay un- with a fire out. I- it's never going to work if I'm so- smouldering. You've got to be passionate. You've got to be on fire. It's all about fire. I'm on fire up here. I'm really trying to slow myself down. I'm starting to sweat. I've got to take my hat off and my feet are sweating. Whew. You've got the heaters on. It's fire. If we're committed to doing God's work. It's truly passion building, doing God's work. It's too easy to sit and be comfortable and really do nothing much at all but go through the motions. That means look the part but lack the heart. Yeah, that's a good one, isn't it? You can take that one. Look the part but lack the heart. Some of us turn up here and just put our hands up in the worship. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking like a Christian. Praise God. Praise Jesus. Amen. It's about heart. And it's time to get back invested. I'm going to tell you some of the things that you need to do. Tithing. The thing that everybody hates hearing people preach from the front. Yep, we're after your money. Dre needs a bike. Linda needs new guns. All kinds of stuff. Like we just want to use that all. Yeah, that's true. Tithing. I had to, I had to speak to Dre and Lynn and say, look, do you mind if I speak about tithing? It's, it's an offending word sometimes to some people. But it's not. And it's this. It's the simplest thing you can do is give back. The simplest thing you can do. Out of all of the things that's called of you as a Christian, the easiest thing that you cannot fail on is give money back to God. That's what it is. It's one thing you can set up. Bang, it's done. Tithing means give a tenth. That's what it is. Give a tenth. It's the simplest thing. Even I get that right. 
I battle with all the other principles. But that one, I've got it down pat because it comes out automatically. Done. It's giving back to God. It's His anyway. That building's not going to build itself. Tithing. That's the first thing and the best thing you can do. Get back to the Word daily. See, people stop reading the Bible while their fire's going out. They're not in it every day. They're not invested in it every day. It's not just a dusty old book. It's a book of truth. Get back to your daily word. Daily time in prayer and worship. Every day. It's not last minute. It's the first thing. Make time for it. Get up earlier. I wake up at one o'clock and that's when I start praying from then till five o'clock. I'm not telling you all to do that mental like me, but, but make time for it. Be intentional about making time for it. Put him first. Have that time of God. Whew. Become a blessing in your community or church. You know, it's what you can do for the church, what you can do for God, what you can do for, the, for Cornerstone. It's not what they can do for you, it's what you can do for them. Because the greatest is the servant heart. Serve. You've got to be serving. There's plenty of roles to do. Look, you know that the cleaner, the cleaner in churches is just as important as the pastor because we want them clean and tidy. It, it shows your heart, it shows where you're at. Serve. Become a blessing to your community and church. But this is a good one. Go back to what your first love of Christ was and give thanks. Boy, go back to when God first came to you, when he saved you, how that was. Start thinking about and start giving thanks and give thanks about that every day. Remind yourself of it every day. Give thanks for it every day. And it better move you. Because you were a mess before he came and got you. Remember that. I can't have been the only mess. We're all messes. We're all miracles. We're miracles we're still here. All of us are miracles. And God's got a sense of humour looking at you all too by the look of it. <laughs> Anyhow, good some of you found it funny. I think I'm funny. Anyway, don't get offended either. Remember I'm preaching on being offended. Step out of the boat. Come out of your comfort zone. This is where you'll grow. You've got to step out of the boat. And you know what? People that aren't saved, they're all watching the saved. They're always watching people that are saved. And they're watching to see if you're bold enough to step out of the boat to prove to them that it's true. When you step out, people see that. You're the witness. You're the witness. So you need to be stepping out. And it's about how you carry yourself around people. Man, that's important. Are you the person that's a Christian but it's always complaining? You're never happy. Everything's tough. Everything's a battle. Always moaning or can't be pleased, can't be satisfied. It's difficult, it's tough. That's not in the... I don't read that in the Bible. That's not what we're supposed to be. We're supposed to always be thankful, forgiving and loving. Being saved is good news. Like being saved is good news. You know what? I'm still surprised. I wake up every morning and I can't believe how lucky I am. Lucky, lucky. <laughs> I can't believe how lucky I am. Told you I was funny. Because I'm, I, I, I've got a whole new way. Everything's new. Everything's exciting. Whole new way. I wake up and I just can't believe how blessed I am. I only have to look at my wife and my cat to know that I'm really blessed. I don't have to look far to see how blessed I am. Don't have to look far. 
I've got everything that is God's promises, good for us. Man. It's not complaining. Passion, fire, zeal, excited, free, loving and happy. That's what we're supposed to be. Passion, fire, zeal, excited, free, loving and happy. Here we go, some scriptures, because it is church. Romans 12, 11. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically with zeal. To serve enthusiastically with zeal. You know, I remember when I worked for this boss and I hated it. I actually hated it. I was a painter. Any painters here? Right. Hopefully you don't have a boss like that. Well, you are the boss, but I hated it. I hated sanding. Hated it. I hated every part of painting. He'd give me a job and I'd just mope off. But I was an unhappy chap. I just used to walk away unhappy. Do you know what? I went to Australia and I really needed work. I really needed money. I was trying not to become a drug dealer, which didn't last, but anyhow. I turned up in Australia and I, was, I got given this job as a painter. Boy, I was happy because I really needed the money. It changed things for me. But what are we getting happy about? It wasn't about the money for me. It was at the time. But I was just happy that I had an opportunity. Zeal. Are you planted in church? Plants that remain out of soil wither. See, that's the other thing. You've got to be planted in church. None of this turn up when I feel like it rubbish. Where's that? Where does it say in the Bible? You can come whenever you want. Plants. Are you planted in church? Plants that remain out of soil wither. Not being planted in church will not serve you well at all. You wither and perish. That's what it says. You will wither and perish. You need to be planted in the church. It's heavy, isn't it? And I hear regularly people say to me, when I ask them, I say to people regularly, are you a Christian? When I meet people, yes, yes, and I'm a Christian. Okay, what church do you go to? I don't go to church. Okay, why not? No, I just don't. I I, I am the church. and I know we are the church. But man, what a ridiculous statement. I'm a Christian. And I don't go to church. It says to congregate. It means come together. That's why this is called the congregation. We're here together in church, in the Lord's house. So we come together. That statement of being a Christian, not going to church, is the same as saying you're a rugby player and don't play rugby. That's how ridiculous it is. Yeah. Planted. Get planted. Be planted. Psalms 92, 12 to 13. The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon, planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. They will flourish when you're planted. See, this is, it's not just me. This is what the Bible's telling us. And if you believe that they're the word of God, then you need to take notice of this. Then there's this, give everything you have. This is the widow's offering. Here we go, Mark 12. Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were being put. And watch the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins, worthy of only a few cents. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she gave out of her poverty and put in everything. She gave her all. God honours that. Give your all. 
give it everything. There's scriptures in there that says about being lukewarm in anything. It's vomited out. It's no good. It won't serve you. I'm excited. I want to be, you know, yeah, I, I'm so excited about God that, you know, when I'm standing next to people and they're not saved, I want it coming off me. That, I want that fire coming off me that they start smouldering next to me. Truly, that's what I want. I say to the Lord, Lord, keep me on fire because I want to be around people that aren't saved because my heart is for the unsaved and I want to stand next to them and they start smouldering because that's the ability of fire. That's what fire can do. Okay, it's catching. Half of you probably think I'm a nut, but, but it's the truth. You should be on fire. You really should be on fire. If you've got God in you, you should be on fire. You should be passionate about it. You should be wanting to serve. You should be honouring God. You should be loving on him. Solidly. Don't fix your hope on what money can buy, but fix your hope on God. Jesus said materialism without God is disastrous. So while you're chasing all this stuff that the world has to offer, where's God now? If you're chasing those material things, it's disastrous. That's what it says. Nobody lies in their coffin and go, man, I, needed to, I wish I'd just made that extra 100000 I wish I had another house. That boat was never good enough. I wish we'd got a better boat before I kicked out. Nobody says that. Don't fix your hope on money. A giving heart. When you give something to someone, whether you know them or not, boy, it makes you feel good, doesn't it? You know, I can't be the only one. You've got to understand that, you know, when you do something for somebody, regardless of whether they deserve it or not, when you do something, or whether you know them or not, when you do something for them or give them something, it makes you feel good inside. It makes me feel real good inside to do anything for somebody. You know what? I've got just about got no money. When I go to the supermarket, I've stood there and looked at people. Thought, hey, I'll pay for that. Pay it. Walk out without what I was going to get. But man, it makes me feel good. It makes me feel good. I give away so much stuff. I go fishing. I love fishing. When I get my time off, I go fishing. I always do well fishing. And you know what? My wife made this rule that I have to keep one fish. I come home plenty of times. I'll be sitting there getting my chilli bin out of the boat. And people will pull up and see that I've been fishing. They can tell, you know. I know that's after a cheap feed. But that's not my worry. They pull over and they come out and say, oh, you've been fishing? Yeah, you know, I'm just standing here with my boat looking at it. No, you know, I've been fishing. Do you want some fish? I'd love some. I give it all away. I've walked inside and my wife goes, are we having fish tonight? She said, I'd love to, but you're going to have to go to the chip shop. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, I've given it all away. What do you mean? You've only been home an hour. I said, yeah, no, it doesn't help being in a town full of so many Maoris, to be honest. <laughs> they all love fish just like me. So, so I, I gave away all this fish. My wife's rule now is to keep one fish for her. So now I keep one. I can't even remember the last time I ate a fish I've caught. But you know how you feel good? It makes you feel good. That's that servant and loving heart. When you keep doing that, that your fire's going to catch on again. That's putting logs on your fire. Man. The servant heart. You know, when I had more time, when I had more time in my town, I used to put on a free, a free lunch for people that were retired and older. And it was a gold coin donation. If you had it, give it. If you don't, don't worry. I did this every Wednesday. And I'd cook this meal, me and my friend, Carl. And we'd go to the Mariah, get the big dining room. It's a big dining room too. Holds about 300. And I'd pay for everything. And we'd do, I'd make a soup. And then I'd do a roast. And then have a dessert. 
desserts will never flash with me because I can't bake. But uh, hey, listen, um, jelly and ice cream was good because most of them don't have their teeth. Not being horrible to anybody. I've got teeth missing too. You can see my teeth missing. The next time I come here, I've got new teeth. Praise the Lord. It was jelly and ice cream. And sometimes we fruit salad and ice cream. You know what I mean? I was too busy cooking the lunch. But you know, all these people would walk in and we got to love all of them. And when I started doing it, it was just me and Carl. And in the end, I had a team of 15 people because they valued what we were doing. And when they all left, all these people left, happy that we had time and we loved on them. And we brought them together, serving. Then all these people come on board my team. Go, can I help? Can I help? Sure, you can. Then I started having people doing desserts. Real ladies that could really bake. And the love just flowed out of there. And this was for everybody. It wasn't just for Māori. It was the only place we could have it because the kitchen was big. Everybody came in our town. And they all got to be loved. And when we walked out, they walked out and they were just so happy. First one was 25 people. The last one was 170. It just kept growing and growing and growing. And I loved it. And we feel good when we're loving on them. Makes sense, eh? Whew. Just serve him. Boy, it changes stuff. How do we practice the fruit of the Spirit? Galatians, the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5, 22, 23. Tell us that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. By serving others, these fruits, serving others exhibits these fruits while at the same time providing you with an opportunity to experience your growth when you serve people. That are, that is all the fruits of the Spirit that you're applying them by loving and doing something for somebody else. Get your fire back. Romans 5.12. Jeez, I'm going good with the scriptures, man. I was smashing them out. Romans 12.11. Be enthusiastic to serve the Lord, keeping your passion towards him boiling hot. That's what it says. Keeping your passion towards him boiling hot. Radiate with glow of the Holy Spirit. Let him fill you with excitement as you serve him. See, it's not just made up rubbish. I've got this backup stuff. John 12, 15 to 17. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not the Father, but it is of the world. But it is not of the Father, but it is of the world, sorry. If I don't keep my passion for God, if I don't keep passion for God, do you think he can still use me? He can't. He needs people that are passionate. There's no place for me if I'm not on fire for God. I'm just a person up here with this doing nothing. Because it doesn't matter whether I, nothing matters anymore. He couldn't use me if I wasn't on fire for him. And I truly am on fire for him. And I really am cooking in here. I'm sure I'm standing under that last heat. I was just, I'm really on fire. He couldn't use me if I wasn't burning with passion and fire for God, okay? Like how I feel about my wife, I wrote. My, is this live? Like how I wrote about my wife. This is going to be a few points, isn't it? I get home tonight. She knows what kind of dessert I love. I'm a real dessert person. Like how I feel about my wife. I better still be passionately in love with my wife. 
I'd better still be passionately in love with my wife like when I first met her. And that takes effort. Like when I first met her, amen. Or there's going to be trouble if I'm not. I mean, that's for any relationship. You know, when you meet your partner and you're on fire for them, you just want to ring them, talk to them and have time with them and nothing's an issue and it's just all about them and just love being in their presence. That's fire. Most people's dwindles. They're in different rooms, they do different stuff, they don't have time together. Because the effort's gone. Because it does take an effort. You need, to be get, you need to get back to your first love. Not leave your first love, but get your eyes back fixed on him. And remember where he had picked you up from and what he brought you through. I'm telling you what, that's an amen cornerstone. When Christ came in and grabbed me and walked me out of the valley of darkness five and a half years ago, when Christ came into the valley of darkness and grabbed me and walked me out, this is how my passion stays. This is how my fire stays. I told you to remember where he got you from, where your first love came from. This better excites you. It excites me talking about it. When Christ came in and grabbed me and walked me out of the valley of darkness, boy, was I thankful. I was struggling for almost 50 years. I had depression and anxiety. I had a multiple of addictions. I was suicidal nearly all of my life. I was just hanging on. When Christ came in and got me out, I was suicidal nearly all of my life. I was just hanging on. I was a complete mess and life was hopeless, pointless, and I had no purpose. I sat there one day and I thought, what is my purpose of life? Nothing. Just to have daughters moaning at me all the time? Surely it's got to be bigger than that. It has to be. It can't just be that. It just can't be going to work. It can't be just getting the car that I love. It just can't be having the house that I want. It just can't be having my friends that I... It just can't be the holidays. It can't be just that. It will never sustain you. I had a five-bedroom house on the beach, tennis court, swimming pool. I had cars. I had the best bikes. I had the best of everything. wasn't enough. There's no... There's nothing in it. Baby, you're right. Hurt that, that hurt. I was a complete mess. Life was hopeless, pointless, and I had no real purpose. You know what? When he came and got me, he gave me a whole new way. He gave me a whole new way to be. When he came and got me and walked me out, he gave me a whole new way. He gave me a new family. The church that I got saved in became my family. I love them passionately. I love all of them. I miss not being there. I was saved three months and I had to leave and I've been up north and I'm still in the world that I walked out of. A lot of Christians in there now too though, but boy, he gave me a whole new family. It was the first time I ever felt at home. I was standing in that church. The very first time I felt like I belonged somewhere. I was standing in the church when my life got saved. I come to church. This is a hall. This is a hall. But when that cross is in it and we're all together, this is God's house. When we all leave later on, this is just back to a hall. There's no power in it. The power's right here, right now. I'm preaching good, I'm telling you. He gave me a whole new way and he gave me a new family. It was the first time I ever felt at home. See, I felt at home in prison. I felt at home with gangs. I felt at home with all the brokenness. I felt at home. Boy, I was thankful. 
He gave me a new heart. I talk about, I was getting crushed. He gave me a whole new heart. The heart I had was no good. He had to get rid of it. He gave me a new one. The one that makes me feel for all of you. The one that makes me feel for these people that are unsaved. The ones that are really broken. I've got a heart for them all. I want them all saved. Gave me a new heart. How thankful could I be when he did all this stuff for me? That's not even the end. He provides for me daily. I don't have a job. I don't even have a bank card. Well, I do. I've got my wife's one. I don't have one of my own. Boy, gave me a whole new family. It's the first time I felt at home. He gave me a new heart. He provides for me daily. Everything I need, he provides. Everything. If you want to test your faith, give away your wages next week to someone that really needs it and say, God, I'm going to give this away. You better step in, man, because I'm going to be in trouble otherwise. I did it. When I got saved, three months after being saved, right, let's see how good you are, God. I'm going to see how good you are. They say you're going to provide. Well, let's see. I'm not going to be a drug dealer no more. I'm not working. Let's see it goes. Five and a half years later, I've never been late with a bill. I've got no bills. got everything I wanted. And don't panic. It's not from the tithing churches. You know, when I got a Harley Davidson, I thought, oh, a church is going to think I'm robbing the church or gone bad to dealing drugs. God's got better ways to provide. People ring me all the time with stuff that I don't even know. And he got me through the storms in my life. He got me through the storms that come through my life. He's given me a wife. He restored my family. My family was broken. He restored my whole family. Now my family's all saved. My kids are starting to go to church. Well, two of them aren't, Honey and Chantel, if you're listening. But they know who God is. But by the time I'm finished on this planet, they're going to be in that church. And all of my grandkids are. And my two already are. My two grandsons now, they're in church and they better be in church today too, Jessica. He got me through every storm in my life. Every storm in my life. He's given me a wife. He restored my family. I'm so thankful that he restored my family because I couldn't do it. It was hopeless. And he's restored them. Well, he gave me hope when I was hopeless. 50 years of being hopeless. He gave me hope. And he's given me a place in paradise when I'm finished here on earth. He's given me a place in paradise. And I want that. You know, life's good here now. But man, paradise sounds better. Because I know it's not Pyra where I live. Actually, anywhere would be good. <laughs> no, no, he's promised me paradise, just like he has all of you. It's whether you want to claim it or not. Whew. And I'm on fire and passionate about God and serving him passionately. And I get excited and I get ignited for God and I can't help it. When you look at all those things that he's done, I think about those things and I just give thanks. I just honour him and thank him for all the stuff that he's done in my life. Your fire cannot go out when you start thinking about what he's done for you. It cannot happen. Grateful, thankful, passionate. To get it back, serve God. You've got what it takes to get your fire back. But you've got to want to get your fire back. You can't pray to get it back. There you go. Stop sitting there and say, God, bring me from fire. He might just set you on fire. You wouldn't want that. It's a bit random, wasn't it? I've got mental health issues just quietly. I actually have. 
usually they serve me pretty well. I hope nobody, if anybody's getting offended, put your hand up. Yeah, I knew there'd be none, but when you get out of here, oh, I didn't like that guy. Not sure about him. At least I'm honest. Can you get it back? You have to do what I said first. Grateful. Be grateful. Be thankful. Take time and give thanks daily. You're not excited anymore. Be excited. There's exciting times ahead. We have to be excited. We have to be. We want the world to change. You want this community to change, don't you? You really want people in this community to change? Well, it starts with you first. It starts in here first. It goes out from here. If you don't feel loved, then be loving. If you don't feel loved, be loving. That's an easy fix, wasn't it? Passion. People love those that are, that are passionate. You actually want to be around them and get behind them. I wrote here, the All Blacks. Passionate men. 30 in that squad. Most passionate men in rugby in this country. Except for my mate's old man, Doug Young, his dad. He commentates all the way through it. When I watch it, I can't watch it with him anymore. 30 of the most passionate men in rugby in this country. Passion. And we all love them. Well, I don't know about you South Africans. But I'm speaking about the Kiwis. You know there's a lot of you South Africans in here. I'm going to wear my all-black jersey next time to fix yours. Especially after we've had a good win. But we all love them because they're passionate. They don't go dragging out onto the field just with no hope walking along like this. See you down Hereford Street. They've got a spring in their step. They've got some zeal. They've got some fire. They've got love. They've got joy. They're, look what they're doing. They've got all this stuff that I'm talking about. Pity it wasn't for, wasn't for God. But we'll take it anyway. Because a few Christians sneak in there too, eh? There's been some great Christian players. Michael Jones, the name one. Heaps of them. So they do get in there. And believe me, they change the culture. Yeah, Crusaders. It's hard to say the Crusaders after last night. I nearly cried last night. Obviously didn't pray hard enough. Broke my heart last night. But what about Matt Watson? Matt Watson, Watson, the fishing guy. I love watching him because he's just, he's just on fire. He just loves fishing. Oh, you can't help but like that guy. You've got to scratch your head looking at him too. Thinking, is this guy for real? You know what I mean? But I love watching that show just because of him. People love seeing people with passion. It's catching. It can't help but affect you. The Isle of Man. This is a good one. The Isle of Man Racing. It's a motorbike race, okay? How nutty is this? In 2005, at the event, at the race event on these motorbikes, 11 guys died. At the event, 11 people died. These guys are all passionate about what they do. Do you know what? They, nowadays, well, these new ones, these young kids nowadays, they'll all go home and they'll have to have counselling for the rest of their lives. These guys carried on racing, just moved the bodies aside and put them in the morgue. They're dead, but we've just got to race. 11 people died in that race and they carried on. They didn't stop. Passionate. No one leaves the race. 265 riders have died to date right now in that race. 265 people. Whew. This is passion and commitment, but if only it were for God. But this is the last bit. I'm getting to the end here. Might want to play a little bit of a tune just to give it a bit of, you know, make it seem cool. Always sounds better when people are playing a little bit of music and you're kind of talking through it. It's lovely. Kind of 
you know, kind of tidies things up for me. <laughs> Whenever you're ready, Hannah. <laughs> See? That changes stuff, eh? Atmosphere. Now we're in an atmosphere of fire and passion, remember? That's where we're at. It's an atmosphere of fire and passion. But passion will take you and you'll do things that others won't and can't when you're passionate. That's passion. I'm passionate about it. And people that aren't, don't have that passion can't do that. Can't do it. Passion. A guy in church once said to me, when I first started preaching, when I first started, I was preaching in this church and he said, do you know what, Lucky? Come up to me afterwards. He goes, mate, that was awesome. I have no idea what you said. I just sat there and seen a guy for 40 minutes on fire for God, full of passion. He goes, and that's what I wanted. In fact, I want that. Can you come to the States? He invited me to Florida. He had a super church with 15,000 people in it. And he invited me to Florida to preach in three of his churches with huge financial blessings to go, to entice me. And I didn't go. I appreciated what he said. And I wasn't scared of going. But that's not where God called me. We can all get, we can all do these godly great things. But if that's not what God's called for you, it's pointless. It's going to be fruitless. I didn't go because there's no point going over to mow somebody else's lawn when my lawns aren't mowed. My lawn's right here. And at some point, if he really wants me to go, God, then I'll go. But it didn't go that time. But he liked me because I was full of passion. And before I used to be up here speaking my wife would sit at the front she had to come to every message and she'd be going like this which means slow down nobody can understand what you're saying I'm just up here just going to frothing around and people send this guy out there just on fire for God I'm full of passion and that's what they relate to and hear about every word out of every third sentence and make their own picture up get your passion back for God keep your passion for God by serving giving thanks being grateful you know, the All Blacks don't get given their jerseys. They do not just get given their jerseys. Only when all of the hours of practice and everything they've put forward before, because they're passionate. That's what motivates them. While they're out training, other guys are at home, sitting inside when it's cold. They're out there training. Worship teams, they're passionate. They've got to practice. They're passionate about it. You know, that worship today, bro, that worship today, that was on fire. That's passion. I've been in plenty of churches where they're not so passionate and it's not the same. Man, I loved it. Passion. Passionate. That's what separates these 15 men from the rest. Remember this. This is a good one. God couldn't have used David if he hadn't been practicing on bears and lions. First, he put in his time. He had to slay the giant but he'd practiced with beers before that. He was already skilled. Practice, put in the time. See, we're not, we're, if we're not on fire, if we're not passionate about God, if we're not practicing where we need to when others are stopping, and what we've got to do is encourage people, lift them up, love on others, serve them, be a blessing to them. Your fire will come back. And if you're still on fire and you do that anyway, you're going to be on more on fire. Because we, like I said, I want to stand next to people. I want them to start smouldering standing next to me. I want them on fire. I am what I'm around. They are around us. We're in their atmosphere. God brought us there for a reason. 
My coalface, I'm in the gangs and I'm in churches and I'm different places, but we've all got a coalface. And that's all a different coalface. Could be down the bowling club, could be at the rugby club, could be at work, could be down the shops, anywhere, could be at the school. We've all got a coalface. Your testimony is important, but how you carry yourself is the most important because it's how people see you. Because people that aren't saved need to look at us that are saved and go, mate, I want a double of what he's having. I want people to look at me and say, mate, I need some of that. I, I, I want what that guy's got. Probably not to that extreme. But I want what he's got. I want what she's got. I want what she's carrying. Look at her. Look how good their life is. Never see them down. Truly. Passion. Fire. Apply those things in your life and your whole walk will change. And that tithing one, that's a big one. My whole life changed when I started giving back to God. Well, the simplest thing I could do first, get right. That's the one thing I got right. And it hasn't changed. I fail daily, just like all of you. But I get myself up every other day and walk better. And as hard as I can to keep it right. Because I want to honour God. And that's the key to our success. And that's loving each other. Um, that's the end of me and um, it's good to be here with you I hope I prayed over one of these one, every one of these seats today I always do so that something that I said to you was penetrated your heart that you get to take away and maybe something to think about because it was a seed I'm just throwing here seeds here I want them to germinate and they get watered when you're in here planted they get watered when you're planted and it'll grow in you it'll change you I'm flying home, like I said, at um, 2 o'clock. I've got to be at the airport at 1. I've got to go and drop off my daughter's car. Unfortunately, I can't fellowship with you after, and I really would like to. But I don't want to be late and miss my plane. I've been away 12 days, and I really want to get to the airport and get home. I don't want you to be offended and say, man, that guy should have stuck with us and just would have been nice to talk to him. I'm just putting it there so you understand why I have to leave. So you're not offended. I know that you're not the offending type. Are you? But it's, up, it's between you and God anyway. So I think I'll just do a prayer and um, unless Jay wants to do anything else. You want to do something, Jay? Okay, so I'll do a prayer. Thank you, Father. Thank you for these people here, Lord, that you've called here today. I ask that they pick up something that was spoken over them today, Lord, that they are encouraged, that they feel uplifted, that they get inspired, Lord. Most of all, I want them their fire to keep burning like you do, Lord. That they've been excited and, and they've been ignited. So in Jesus' name, I ask that you watch over all of them and grow them. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Cornerstone.